Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievan, and it's great to be with you here on this wonderful, beautiful day, a day that Israel is centrally in all of our minds as so many celebrate the independence of Israel on this day. And of course, the land of Israel is certainly a central part of our people, of our identity, of our faith. And there is so much to celebrate about Israel as Israel is in the vanguard and the world leadership of a role model of firstly throughout this COVID in many ways and uh, throughout our history. And so much of our history is tied to the land of Israel. So much emotion, our yearning has been attached to it from the time that we were separated from it, from the time of our nation's very birth. We came from celebrating Pesach just last week and Pesach ushered us as we were emancipated from our slavery in Egypt, but that was our liberation from bondage in Egypt. And of course, we spend our next 40 years wandering to where to reach our destination, the land of Israel. And just to reflect on the last 72, 73 years, and even longer, it's, it's hard to describe all the toil, the blood, the sweat, the tears that have been invested into building and to cultivate and into defending the land of Israel. Yesterday was Yom HaZikaron when we commemorated and, and mourned for all those who were lost during these years of our return to the land of Israel, those who stood in defense of our land because it is intermittently connected. It's inextricable. The land of Israel from the Jewish people, from the Torah, from the Jewish way of life, it is all one, even when we were apart from it. And you think what Israel means so much to us. I was reading earlier from the words of the famed U.S. attorney, Alan Dershowitz. He talks about how on an international scale, Israel, even though it's so small in size, it's huge importance. And he, just to paraphrase a few of his words, how Israel is a tiny country, but its population, even so small compared to so many other nations out there. But the Jewish nation of Israel, in his words, provokes most, uh, more passion, receives more media coverage, and engenders more criticism than any other country in the world today. And it's fair to say that few people are neutral about Israel. So true. So, so true. So, of course, we wonder, why is it? Why do we care so much about the land of Israel? Aren't we a religious Jewish nation? We're a faith. Why is Israel so special to us? And so it's important, my dear friends, that we consider the significance, the importance to us of Israel on this day and every day, because Israel, of course, has a very special place in our hearts. It's the spirit that pulsates within us. And when anything happens in the Holy Land, we all feel it. We all know it. We all care about it. And so I think it's important that here on Soul to Soul, we talk a little bit about the Torah's approach, the Torah's perspective about the land of Israel and our connection with it. That it's not only about Independence Day, but I think there's a lot more to Israel that we feel in our hearts, that we celebrate on this day and every day. So, of course, 
you know, Israel is, what could I say? It's impossible to talk about everything we feel about Israel in one little show. But certainly, considering that this is the soul-to-soul show, I think it's important that we at least touch upon some of the Torah's perspectives on Israel. And that goes all the way back to the beginning of creation, that Israel has played such an important part in the story of man. It's the place where Adam was created, where where God communicated with our ancestors, with Abraham and Sarah, with Yitzchak, Isaac, and Rebekah, with Yaakov and his wives and children, with Rachel and Leah. And it's this it's the place where God brought the Jewish people to. We came from Pesach, from our liberation, from our exodus, our emancipation from slavery. And yes, 40 years of wandering to get to the land of Israel. So, of course, we wonder, what is its significance to us? The Torah does not spear the details. The Torah tells us its borders. The Torah tells us so much important information. And it's important for us to know that because one of the things that, you know, as an example that stands out is outside of Israel, we celebrate holidays for two days, Yom Tov, and in Israel one day. There are so many mitzvahs that are only performed when you're in the land of Israel. There's so many mitzvahs that are related to the temple itself when it stood in Israel, or agricultural laws that are only relevant in the land of Israel, such as this year, a sabbatical year, the year of Shemitah, that these laws are fulfilled only in Israel. So, and that's a big big percentage of our laws that actually cannot be fulfilled in any way, shape, or form outside of Israel. And the Torah tells us that, you know, for example, the geographical borders of the land so that we should know exactly where these mitzvahs apply. And of course, this is, (coughs) excuse me, a very important for understanding what's special about Israel, what makes it our land, you know, as, as opposed to a typical nationalistic approach to why a land is important to its people. The Torah tells us that it's the holiness, the sanctity that what makes Israel important to us. It's special because it provides us an opportunity to, to serve Hashem, to fulfill our purpose in this world. The reason why God put us here to begin with. So today, I would like to explore some of the ideas about what makes Israel our land. And for many, I know this is a simple fact that doesn't need much explanation. And they celebrate. And if you're celebrating today, L'chaim, every Jew should celebrate the fact that we have our land of Israel and we have a place to call our home. But even when Israel was not under the Jewish jurisdiction, it still maintained the very same sanctity. It still had the same Kedushas Haaretz, the same, it was still our holy land. And so every time, in fact, the Jews ate for the last 2,000 years, we thank God, not just for land, but for the land of Israel. Think about all of our prayers, whether it's in benching, or in our Amida every day, we still say the same words where we Thank God for the land of Israel. So many of our prayers and which direction do we face? We face towards Jerusalem, regardless where we are in the world. 
on Pesach we said the Shana Haba Yerushalayim. On Yom Kippur we say it as well. And until this day, till this very day, when people come to Israel in ancient times as well as in modern times, many people kiss the physical land, the soil. It's an expression of our love, our desire to be in the Holy Land. So, of course, it's our national treasure. And we are in love with Israel. From a religious point of view, Israel is clearly important to us. And this importance is not only about, only from a religious perspective. It is all Jews, regardless of how religious they are. Many of the Zionist pioneers were not religious people. And yet to them, Israel also was the central homeland of the Jewish people. And we'll be back in a moment, and perhaps we could talk a little bit about what really makes it our land. What exactly is the Jewish right to this land? And obviously, there's a lot to unpack and to discuss. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9. Hi FM, I'm Rabbi Ari Kievman, and it's great to be with you here today on this very special day. And we're talking about the importance, the significance of the land of Israel to us as the Jewish people. It's not just an ordinary land. We love life here in South Africa too. It's a wonderful place. But our home is in Israel. Now, of course, one wonders, what is it then that makes Israel so special? And of course, we know that even in modern times, Israel's leaders really, and you know, we give the credit to David Ben-Gurion as the first prime minister of Israel, as he was putting forth the cause and the case for Israel to be restored as the Jewish homeland. And if what he presented was two arguments. And both arguments were very valid points for the time of Israel's independence. It was important. In, in the Israeli Declaration of Independence in 1948, David Ben-Gurion declared our historical claim to the land. And in fact, he used the Torah. He drew on the biblical account of the Jewish people's existence, how Eretz Yisrael was the birthplace of the Jewish people, the place of our spiritual, our religious, our political identity was shaped there. Ben-Gurion himself spoke these words saying that that's where we first attained our statehood. It's the place where we created our cultural values of national and universal significance. It's the place from where we gave to the world the eternal book of books. And he described how we were exiled from the land, how we still kept our faith, and we still maintained our desire. We prayed and hoped to return. And finally, that reality has come to fruition. And of course, even still, there are archaeological digs and all types of findings that lend a hand that prove our ancient connection to the land. And many people feel their convictions proven and validated. So it's true that we could show the world that this is in fact our land with our historical connection, the archaeological findings. Those are all important and valid. And another very common argument that was used and used for many years now, which again, it's important that uh, all these 
significant international bodies have recognized the right to a Jewish homeland in Eretz Yisrael, and we're grateful to that. You think of a 1917, the Balfour Declaration that announced the they announced that the British government support for a Jewish homeland in Israel. And then in 1923, it was ratified by the British mandate for Palestine, where they upheld the approval for the Jewish future Jewish state. And then, of course, the partition plan in 1947 and so many other declarations until finally, you know, even Stalin's Soviet Union voted for the Jewish homeland. Perhaps they thought they'd get another communist country in the Middle East. But regardless, we have finally returned to the land of Israel, and we celebrate that, not only today, but every day. And one might say that both these arguments, the historical realities, as well as the international support that we got from from these important bodies, and we, we could proudly and good conscience say that, you know, we're, we finally returned to our homeland with all that. But the truth is, when thinking about it objectively, although those claims are wonderful, they certainly have their limitations. Think of the historical claim to the land. It's true that Jews have lived in Israel for a long time. We had our first temple there 410 years, our second temple 420 years. Prior to that, several hundred years of the, the rulership of the Jewish monarchy and our prophets and our judges <laughs> that until the temple was built by King Solomon. That's all true. But in theory, if the criteria for legitimacy is the amount of time you spend in a country, then it could be argued that Jews might have a substantial claim for Iraq as well. You know, that until recently, Baghdad was home to one of the oldest, most established Jewish communities in the world. Where was our Talmud formulated? It's called Talmud Bavli. And that's the more popular Talmud versus the Talmud Yerushalmi. Babylon, Talmud Bavli. That's Iraq. So historical claims are certainly not bulletproof. So how could we truly express and articulate to ourselves as well as to the world what is our natural right to exist in the land of Israel. And it's wonderful that we have international recognition. But to tell you the truth, that's even shakier, as we've seen, especially these days. Yes, it says in Israel's Declaration of Independence that the, we acknowledge the recognition of the United Nations, that they voted for our right as a Jewish people to return and to establish our state, and it's irrevocable. It's irrevocable in our Declaration of Independence. But what would happen if the United Nations did vote to revoke its acceptance of Israel as a Jewish state? And don't think they haven't come close to that. You think there's any other country in the world that has seen as much condemnations and resolutions against it as the state of Israel? Would that delegitimize Israel as a place for Jews to live? And just to think, our right to the land of Israel is not thanks to any Balfour Declaration or any UN proclamations. It has nothing to do with that, even if that lends legitimacy and, 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 and helps us. That's not the claim that we should be relying and depending on. What is our ultimate claim to the land of Israel? And simply put, 
the land is ours because God gave it to us. It's God's gift to the Jewish people. That is our claim to the land. When God established this covenant with Abraham and Sarah, God promised that the land of Israel would belong to the Jewish people. It's clearly written so in the Torah, and that is our claim to the land. And for those who say, well, Abraham had a different son as well, Yishmael. Yes, that's true. But as we read in the Torah, Ki yikara We, the descendants of Abraham and Sarah's son, Isaac Yitzchak, we are the legal heirs to the land of Israel. And that is what makes it ours forever. So we have to understand and to appreciate how this gift to Abraham grants us an eternal right to the Holy Land, it's important for us to understand the Torah's perspective. And if you go to the very beginning of Genesis, the very first verse in the Torah, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And there, read Rashi's commentary. Even a millennia ago, Rashi had to prove this to the world, to the CNNs, to the BBCs, to the SABCs of his time. The very first comment to the entire Torah, Rashi quotes the teaching of Rabbi Yitzchak, which is, the Torah is primarily a book of laws. Torah is Milash and it's an instruction manual for life. It tells us what to do. So why then does the Torah begin with a narrative of the creation of the world? Yes, the creation is certainly an important part of our faith, but there's no particular mitzvahs related to the creation of the world. So why does the Torah start with it? And Rashi there tells us in the most eloquent and straightforward way that if the nations of the world turn to us and say, Listimatem, you are thieves. You stole the land from its indigenous inhabitants. Well, guess what? Rashi tells us very clearly what our response has to be. Koyach masav higid le'amoy lasis lahem nachlas goyim. It's because the strength of his works he related to his people to give them the inheritance of the nations. That no nation can claim allegedly that we stole this land. Because God created heaven and earth and God determined that this is our land. Just think of the magnitude of what Rashi is saying. It's enormous. The entire book of Bereshis and the beginning of Shemos, part of the Torah that for many people is probably most familiar, is there for us to know, to assert our legitimacy of ownership in the eyes of the nations of the world. It's important for us to know it. It's as important as it is to tell others whether they believe or not. I think it's even more important to articulate that legitimacy to ourselves. Today we hear the world protest our presence in the land. We hear it out of so many nations. And sadly, right here, our own government in this country. The very same world that allegedly approved our historic right to Israel are the same ones, the same UN that singles us out all the time for criticism, for resolution, for all types of condemnations, one after another. They're the ones, as Rashi says, who tell us, you're robbers claims of apartheid, claims of discrimination. This is nothing new. 
It's been going on in the times of Rashi, in the times of the Talmud. It's been going on for millennia, for eternity. Rashi himself lived in Europe at a time when the Crusaders were on their way to conquer the land of Israel. And so Rashi tells us that anyone who tries, it's the same trick of the enemies over and over again and again. History repeats itself. And so we have to know for ourselves, God created the world. God decided this is the parcel of land that we, the Jewish people, belong in. And so if we can know it clearly to ourselves, if we don't forget that it's his world, if we don't forget who's the boss and owner, who's the architect who designed it, who determined that this is our place. And so if we remember that clearly to ourselves, then we don't have to worry about any other claims, about the condemnations, about the various resolutions we have to know that God gave it to us and no one, none of us have the right to give it away to any other people. And when we understand the, this foundational point, what makes this land ours, then I think the world will understand and admire it too. So if we can analyze our enemies' claims against us, we could see that it's the very this very same claim over and over. So yes, I know it's popular for many to claim that there's no Jewish connection even to the Temple Mount. That's what Mahmoud Abbas, the Palestinian Prime Minister, President, tries to say. Why should they try to invent such preposterous lies? For what reason? It's because they understand that an authentic claim is that God gave it to us. It's the Jewish homeland. We know that this is our real true claim. No need for the UN's approval or anyone else's. The problem is that we unfortunately hear a constant barrage of lies. We constantly hear all types of claims against our rights to the land. And so I think if we can be clear about this ourselves and know that our life, our right to this land is because God gave it to us, then regardless of any other arguments out there, when we're confident, when we're assertive in our own conviction, then no one could tell us otherwise. So, we have to be clear that Israel is God's gift to the Jewish people. According to Jewish law, when any life is at stake, we have an obligation to protect their any life. And that supersedes all, all other considerations. As a Hatzalah medic, when I'm on duty and responding to a call on Shabbos, yes, on Shabbos, we will use our phones, we will talk on our radios, we will drive the ambulance or our own car, whatever way it takes to save a life, even on Shabbos. So certainly when it comes to matters of security affecting millions of Jews in the Holy Land, the security factor has to take that all into consideration above all other political, social, or even religious concerns. 
the halacha is that life takes precedence over all other matters. So we have to understand that matters of life and death that take precedence over everything else and therefore the safety and security of all our people in the Holy Land also needs to be one that is of utmost priority. Once we start making concessions, we compromise on security, then all of a sudden, it's not just the geographic space of Israel that is in question, but we're talking about the very lives of the people living there. And therefore, from a clear Torah halachic perspective, according to Jewish law, the only fact, the most important factor to consider is the well-being, the safety of the inhabitants in the land. And so, if we could truly understand that this is God's gift to the Jewish people, and therefore, we have to stand, we have to care for the safety, security of all inhabitants in the land. The Torah has something to say about you, about that safety. And therefore, regardless which lives, this will save both Jewish, Arab, and all lives in the region by us being clear that we understand that safety, well-being of all inhabitants is about utmost importance and priority. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul, right here on 101.9. Chai FM, I'm Rabbi Ari Kivman. And we are talking about the significance, the importance of the land of Israel to us, the Jewish people. This is our land. It's our home. You know that song? This land is your land. This land is my land. It's our land. Even if we're not in the land, it's our home. And we talked about the importance, our right to the land, because God gave it to us. We discussed the significance, the importance, or the paramount importance of each life in the land, Jewish and otherwise, everyone's life. We as a family have to take care of our own, but this will certainly protect and save all lives, not only in the land of Israel, but in the whole region. And I think it's also important to talk about the nature of the land itself, about what makes this land so special. So we have to understand what exactly makes the land holy. Yes, the Torah tells us it's holy. But let's go back a little bit in history. We know God sent Abraham and Sarah on a mission. God said to them, Lech lecha, go. And they were sent from their homeland of Mesopotamia, which is Iraq, to where? To the land of Israel. For what? God promised this land to the descendants as well. Was this about some kind of a tax exemption for making Aliyah? Or was it about... <coughs> The dry mountaineer was it, what was it that drew them to the land of Israel? Avraham and Sarah were on a mission and God told them to move there so that their mission could be achieved, could be accomplished. Their mission was to spread that sweet perfume of godliness throughout the world. Avraham and Sarah taught the world about monotheism. So God's plan was that Avraham could not it couldn't have been achieved. He couldn't succeed doing this in his homeland, but rather 
in the land of Israel. As soon as he got there, the Torah says he planted an A-shell. Literally, that's an orchard. But what is it? A-shell is an acronym of Achila, Shesia, and Lina. A hospitality home. A place where people could eat, drink, and sleep. But it wasn't just a hotel. It was a place where he brought the awareness of God to all of his visitors. That's what Avram achieved there. He taught the world about an awareness of God, an awareness that was lost at that time. And this mission of Avraham is our mission too. We are his descendants. We have the mission of being a light unto the nations of the world. And this is particularly relevant to the land of Israel. Yes, of course, we could achieve this mission right here or wherever in the world you might be. But there's something particular about the geographic location of Israel, of why this is the place where his mission was to be achieved, where his mission was to be accomplished, specifically in Israel. We know that certainly if we think no two people are exactly the same, right? Everyone accepts this fact because, you know, who wants to be, who wants a clone of you, of themselves? Every person can contribute uniquely to you, to your family. You're indispensable to your loved ones and you're indispensable to your community and to the world, to God. The fact that you're born is God telling you you matter. No other person in this world could achieve what you can. So this isn't just this indispensable idea is not only related to us as human beings. We could say the same about time. No day is exactly like another. My father, blessed memory, would sometimes wake me up in the morning and say, we have a very special visitor today we haven't seen before and we'll never see again. Today is the guest. Today is that visitor. We'll never see today again. Today is unique. We're counting the Omer these days. You miss one day of the Omer counting. All of a sudden, we realize you can't, you missed one day. That's it. You can't count it again. Because, well, you can count, but not with a bracha. We realize the significance that every day counts. And in fact, there's a expression out there that if you want to know the value of, of time, how does it go? They say, if you want to know the value of a year, ask a student who was held back a year and had to make it up. You want to know the value of a month? Ask a mother who gave birth to a baby prematurely. You want to know the value of an hour? Just look at lovers who are waiting to meet each other. You want to know the value of a minute? Well, I'll tell you. Miss the train. I had that once. I was traveling from Antwerp to Luxembourg on a Friday afternoon. Never made it to Luxembourg. After getting to Brussels by train, I had to then buy my ticket. Running up the steps to the train platform, and there's the train pulling away. Someone says, you should have run a little faster. And my response was, oh, no, I know myself a little better than that. Should have run a little bit sooner. Just a few, just a minute. That's it. Missed the train. You want to know the value of a second? Ask someone who just luckily missed a life-threatening accident. 
You want to know the value of a hundredth of a second? Ask someone who came second place in a competition. You want to know the value of a day? Miss counting the Omer once. Every day is unique. Each day is indispensable. Today's unique. And think about it. Tomorrow evening will be Shabbos again. Right? And Shabbos certainly feels different than any weekday. Pesach feels different than Shabbos. Each Yom Tov has its unique energy that is felt, that is that, that, that we feel on each particular day, right? And so the same, which we say about individuals, about days, we say the same concept applies to space as well. Every country has its own unique character and lifestyle. Life is like here in South Africa and it's wonderful and it's, 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 it's unique, right? land of Israel, though, was chosen as the unique, specific environment in which we, the Jewish nation, can fulfill our mission, specifically in Israel. And so Israel is not special because of what happened there or because that's where God told Abraham and Sarah to go or because the UN decided to allow us to return to our homeland or because anyone else may recognize it as such. But we have to remember that Israel, it's special because God chose it to be the launching pad of holiness and Torah in the world. Israel, as God's gift to the Jewish people, is the place where God wanted us to fulfill our mission. And so that's the place that God wanted us to do so. And indeed, it's a wonderful country. In fact, geographically, it is the crossroads of the world. It's situated right between the landmasses of Eurasia and Africa. Israel always was, and perhaps that's why so many fought to try to conquer it. It was necessary for anyone traveling between, between Eurasia and Africa to pass through the land of Israel. But that's only a part of it. That, you could say, is its geographic significance. We'll be back in a moment and we'll wrap up by talking a little bit more about the importance of the land of Israel to us. And perhaps, even if we're not there today, how can we celebrate Israel and our return to it wherever we are, whenever we are? Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz <laughs> of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievman, your host this afternoon. And we are talking about today, a very special day when we celebrate Israel. We talked so much. We discussed the so many different aspects of the significance of Israel. Of course, Israel is uniquely situated in the Middle East. So geographically, it's important. It's God's gift to the Jewish people, which is what makes it most important. And the Torah points out the difference between Egypt and Israel. Egypt was irrigated by the Nile River. Whereas when the Jews came to Israel, they actually realized that the agriculture of Israel, in order for anything to grow, required rain. And that, in a sense, 
bolstered their faith, their reliance on God as a partner in their very agricultural development and growth. So with all of the different angles and aspects, we see how Israel really is so important to us as a Jewish people. Most importantly, it's the place where God chose that that would be the homeland of the Jewish nation. And so we have to keep reminding ourselves and asserting that that credential because at the end of the day, it's the Torah that's the essence of us, of Jews, of our Judaism. And the Torah is what makes us a nation. The Torah makes Israel our land. And the Torah provides us with our vision. Without vision, what is Jewish society? That's our soul. And so we have to remember the importance of a complete nation, a complete Torah, and a complete land. It's all part of the same package. The goal is to be a nation that makes obvious God's presence. And the way that happens is, of course, with our Jewish unity that we need so much of, focus on keeping the Torah, our common denominator as Jews throughout the world, and ensuring the sanctity of the Holy Land. This is what's of utmost importance to us. And so if we understand what is holiness, holiness is when anyone, a person, a thing, a place is identifiably expressing its divine source. Right? If you think of a Torah scroll, it's not just a piece of parchment. A piece of parchment is mundane, but a Torah scroll is what gives that parchment its sanctity. So, yes, just as you could say maybe a, the Torah is giving the meaning to the parchment, the same thing, Israel is not just another land. It's a place that points to God's existence and allows us to experience that divine revelation. And so you could say the same about time. What makes today holy? It is only holy if you make it holy. Shabbos is automatically holy. And in the same way, Israel is automatically holy. When you live in Israel, you see God's providence in a clear way, in a more intense way. The Torah tells us it's a place where God's eyes are from beginning to end of the year. Of course, God's eyes are everywhere. God is, God, right? Remember the song, Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is truly everywhere. But it's a place where God's presence is felt. That is the point about Israel. And that is what Israel is to us. We realize Israel is the place that God gave us as the Jewish people. It is holy because God's presence is felt, is manifest, is not concealed there. And so, if today we want to celebrate and we realize the importance of what Israel means to us, it's the very symbol of what we are, of what our purpose is in the world to make God's presence felt. And even if we're not in Israel, which we wish we all could be in Israel all the time, and let's try to make that experience here in our own environment. As the one of the Rebbes said to a chassid who was pining to be in Israel, he said to him, Mach do Eretz Yisrael, make Israel here wherever you are. 
We have to try to experience Israel because Israel is about spreading the light of God through the world. And that, if we're here, in wherever you might be, you can do the same. We can make Israel's presence felt because Israel is about revealing the divine presence in the world. Well, that's really what we can do wherever we are. We could try to reveal that spark of Israel right here. So if you're looking to do something special for Israel today, yes, you could stand in defense of Israel, and we need that in this dark, crazy world. But another important thing you could do today for Israel's spiritual well-being is to do something of a mitzvah. Put on tefillin. Light your Shabbos candles tomorrow. Go eat something kosher today. There's lots of good Israeli food you can get right here in town. Give some tzedakah. Do another mitzvah. And that, of course, is the very fabric from which the land of Israel was sown. What makes the land holy. What makes it ours. So go ahead. Get to it. Do it. Yeah. Book your home in Jerusalem or make Jerusalem in your own home. That is it, my friends. Israel represents the fusion of spiritual and matter. What is holy land? It seems like two different points. One thing is holy land seems to be physical mundane. But our purpose in the world is to fuse the two together. And when we keep the spirit of Israel wherever we are, then of course we are fusing the physical and the spiritual bringing more light, bringing more warmth, making the world a greater and better place. So with that, my friends, I'm going to wish you a wonderful Shabbos. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. Seize the moment today. Carpe diem. And bring Israel to wherever you are.